Hey everyone, welcome back to Quick Take. And uh, boy, what a uh, massive announcement! Um, well, I guess a, an article, really. Apple didn't announce it publicly an event, but uh, they worked with a journalist to kind of reveal to the world that they are working on a complete overhaul of the underlying data that Apple Maps uses. And uh, that'll probably come as uh, good news to everyone. Um, but, you know, as I've talked about on the show before, I, I've just uh, recently had an episode about how to use Apple uh, products and services and apps uh, to enhance your summer travel. So if you haven't listened to that, uh, go back into the feed and check that out. Um, but, um, I, I, I've been always pretty bullish on Apple's long-term future with Apple maps. Um, no question that when it first debuted in 2012, I believe, um, it was rough around the edges to say the least. Um, I could tell a hilarious story from 2013 of, uh, Apple maps, uh, giving some terrible directions to us, uh, driving us around and around in circles in the bad part of town of a city we weren't familiar with. So um, probably lots of people have stories like that from that era in particular. Um, but uh, in the years since then, Apple Maps has grown to, I think, be a really solid uh, Maps platform. I think there's no question that it has, um, it w- in most respects, the best user interface of any Maps apps out there. And that's to be expected. I mean, that's Apple's... Um, you know, calling card right there is great user interface experiences. Um, but there's no question that the data suffered when Apple and Google uh, kind of had their falling out over maps. And um, that's the thing, if you're new to iOS, you might not know that through iOS 6, or at least through iOS 5, but, but for the first several years of iOS at any rate, um, Apple made the user interface for the Maps app that came built into iOS, and Google provided the data. So you had the best of both worlds right there because Google... Uh, had and has to this day the best maps data um, in most places around the world anyway that you're going to find in any app. And I think Apple makes the best user interface. So you had those two married together. And so you might ask, well, why did that not continue? Well, um, you know, Apple and Google had entered into a contract to have that relationship go together. And and that contract was coming up for renewal. And uh, while we aren't really privy to all the things that were discussed or debated or contested between the two companies, it seems pretty clear that um, the terms that both were trying to reach uh, with each other were not acceptable by the other party. And so they wound up going their own way. Um, and that's not to say that, that either one of these companies um, were bad or anything. It just meant that they have some different priorities and they couldn't align those priorities. For example, it sounds like, um, you know, Google either didn't want to provide Apple with all of the features uh, of Google maps or maybe wanted to charge them a price they didn't want to pay for it. Um, And on the other hand, Google wanted from Apple more uh, user data, and that was something that Apple didn't want to provide to Google. So um, again, we don't know all the details, but that was what a lot of the the surmising was about what was kind of going on there. But at any rate, they went their separate ways. And of course, you can download the Google Maps or the Waze app, and Waze is owned by Google for iOS. So Apple doesn't prevent you from using these other things. But the Maps app that comes built into iOS, Apple Maps, um, has for the last several years been uh, Apple providing and and driving the user interface, but relying on third-party companies, um, notably TomTom, but many others as well, to provide the actual maps and uh, location data and other things like that that you find in the Maps app. And uh, just this week, it was either Thursday or Friday, Apple uh, released this, um, or excuse me, Matthew Panzerino over at TechCrunch wrote this article and released it um, 
from some discussions that he'd been having with Apple. And it's really interesting. Uh, that Apple seems to like Matthew Panzerino. He's, he was, uh, last year, he was one of a handful of journalists who were invited to come to Apple where they had that uh, little roundtable discussion with the press about what's going on with the Mac Pro and Apple's Pro Mac initiatives. And then Matthew Panzerino got the exclusive interview with Apple earlier this year with the update to what was going on with the Mac Pro. And now he's got this exclusive story. So they, they seem to like working with them. And um, not surprising, he wrote a great article. Um, I'm going to go through, a, a lot of times when I have these articles, um, I'll go through and read them and kind of comment as I go along. I'm not going to read this whole thing because it is very long and detailed. I mean, he got lots of quotes from senior Apple executives. He got uh, time to go around in one of Apple's Maps vans that's traveling around the country, um, collecting data and kind of see how they do their work. And Apple provided lots of screenshots and, and things like that. So I'm going to dive right in. I, I pulled out some some segments and we'll see how much of this I get through. But the article is called Apple is building is rebuilding Maps from the ground up. And the subtitle says the company is rolling out more detailed maps built from its own data for the first time. And he starts, maps is still not where it needs to be for the to be considered a world-class service. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I actually cut out a bit from the beginning, so I'm just kind of jumping in here. Maps needs fixing. Apple, it turns out, is aware of this, so it's rebuilding uh, the maps part of maps. I'm going to quibble with maps needs fixing. I don't think that um, it's... You know, again, I don't have any problem saying that Google makes the best, has the best maps data of any company out there right now. I think that's absolutely true. And so while Apple is, you know, maybe in second place there based on the data they have, uh, I would, I would, I would rewrite that sentence and say Apple Maps needs improving, uh, not fixing, because I think that for most people in most parts of the U.S. at least, um, Apple Maps uh, is is going to be is going to provide you with great data. But let's continue. Apple's doing this by using first-party ga- data gathered by iPhones with a privacy-first methodology and its own fleet of cars packed with sensors and cameras. The new product will launch in San Francisco and the Bay Area with the next iOS 12 beta and will cover Northern California by fall. Um, every version of iOS will get the updated maps eventually, and they will be more responsive to changes in roadways and construction, more visually rich depending on the specific context they're viewed in, and feature more detailed ground cover, foliage, pools, pedestrian pathways, and more. This is nothing less than a full reset of maps, and it's been four years in the making, which is when Apple began to develop its new data gathering systems. Eventually, Apple will no longer rely on third-party data to provide the basis for its maps, which has been one of its major pitfalls from the beginning. Let me jump out and provide some commentary here. Um, I think it's really important to kind of star, circle, and underline four years in the making. a couple things jump out at me about that. One, it goes to show that it's not a trivial matter at all to build your own worldwide set of maps data. Um, you know, it took Google years to develop it to the to the level that it was, you know, when Apple and Google parted ways. And of course, Google has continued to refine it in that time. And it's taken Apple four years just to get to the point where it's ready to start rolling it out in limited um, beta testing purposes for for the moment. Um, the other thing is it, it shows that, um, you know, they have been thinking about this for a long time. This is not just a, hey, we're deciding that we now need to do maps. Uh, this is something that they've been working on for a long time. So when it does roll out, um, that shows that they've put a lot of work into it. Okay, let me jump back into the article. Since we introduced this six years ago, we won't rehash all the issues we've had when we introduced it. We've done a huge investment in getting the map up to par, says Apple Senior Vice President Eddie Q, who now owns maps in an interview last week. When we launched, a lot of it was all about directions and gathering and getting to a certain place, finding the place and getting directions to that place. 
We've done a huge investment of making millions of changes, adding millions of locations, updating the map, and changing the map more frequently. All of these things over the past six years. But, Q says, Apple has room to improve on the quality of maps, something that most users would agree on, even with recent advancements. We wanted to take this to the next level, says Q. We have been working on trying to create what we hope is going to be the best map app in the world, taking it to the next step. This is uh, building all of our own map data from the ground up. In addition to Q, I spoke to Apple Vice President Patrice Gautier, I hope I'm saying that right, and more than a dozen Apple Maps team members at its mapping headquarters in California this week about its efforts to rebuild maps and to do it in a way that aligned with Apple's very public stance on user privacy. If, like me, you're wondering whether Apple thought of building its own maps from scratch before it launched maps, the answer is yes. At the time, there was a choice to be made about whether or not it wanted to be in the business of maps at all. Given that the future of mobile devices was becoming very clear, it knew that mapping would be at the core of nearly every aspect of its devices, from photos to directions to location services provided to apps. Decision made. Apple plowed ahead of building a product that relied on a patchwork of data from partners like TomTom, OpenStreetMap, and other geodata brokers. The result was underwhelming. Almost immediately after Apple launched Maps, it realized it was going to need help, and it signed on a bunch of additional data providers to fill the gaps in location, base map, point of interest, and business data. It wasn't enough. We decided to do this just over four years ago. We said, where do we want to take maps? What are the things that we want to do in maps? We realized that given what we wanted to do and where we wanted to take it, we needed to do this ourselves, said Q. Uh, let me see. I want to kind of skip over some of this. Um, here we go. This is important. There's also the matter of corrections, updates, and changes entering a long loop of submission to validation to update when you're dealing with external partners. The maps team would have to be able to correct roads, pathways, and other updating features in days or less, not months. Not to mention the potential competitive advantages it could gain from building and updating traffic data from hundreds of millions of iPhones rather than relying on partner data. Uh, so that's that's a really... Uh, key thing. One of the things that um, you have to understand about Apple is that they are very um, keen on owning as much of every aspect of their products as they can. Um, you know, and this has obviously been core to, to how Apple operates for a long time when Apple, of course, Apple has always made its own software on hardware uh, for the Mac and, and, and back to the, the pre-Mac computer days and all the way through its current products. Um, you know, you're seeing that it is developing its own uh, processors um, for its iOS devices, watchOS, tvOS, and maybe soon macOS devices, given uh, the other um, rumors we've been hearing in the last several months. And uh, so it makes a ton of sense for Apple to want to um, own all of the map data so that it has total control over that part of the experience as well. And um, it, it totally makes sense. You're working with third-party data providers. So if you get reports of something in the maps data being inaccurate, Apple can't just implement that data itself. Um, there's, there's maybe some things that can change on its own, but there's other things that it has to rely on these third parties for. And uh, that makes it a lot less agile in making those updates and keeping things current for users. So if it's building it, this out on its own and it controls everything, It'll have no one to blame but itself if it doesn't, you know, have all that information up to date. Uh, let's talk. Let's jump back into Eddie Q's commentary. We felt like because the shift to devices had happened, building a map today in the way that we were traditionally doing it, the way that it was being done, we could improve things significantly and improve them in different ways. He says, 
One is more accuracy. Two is being able to update the map faster based on the data and the things that we're seeing as opposed to driving again or getting the information where the customer is proactively telling us. What if we could actually see it before all of those things? I query him on the rapidity of maps updates and whether this new map philosophy means faster changes for users. The truth is that maps needs to be updated more and even are today, says Q. We'll be doing this even more with our new maps with the ability to change the map in real time and often. We do that every day today. This is expanding us to allow us to do it across everything in the map. Today, there's certain things that take longer to change. For example, a road network is something that takes a much longer time to change currently. In the new map infrastructure, we can change that relatively quickly. If a new road opens up, immediately we can see that and make that change very, very quickly around it. It's much, much more rapid to do changes in the new map environment. So a new effort was created to begin generating its own base maps, the very lowest level, uh, the very lowest building block of any really good mapping system. After that, Apple would begin layering on living location data, high-resolution satellite imagery, and brand new intensely high-resolution image data gathered from its ground cars until it had what it felt was a best-in-class mapping product. Um, so that's all pretty interesting. Let me jump down, and I, I skipped a little bit. If you go, and, and of course, I highly encourage you to go and look at, uh, read this entire article. Um, there's a whole section where he goes into a lot of data about the the vans that Apple's been driving around for the last few years, collecting data and how they're doing it, and the software they're using, and what it provides them. But I want to jump into the data and privacy section because this is very core to how Apple thinks about things. Privacy has been a very important uh, thing to Apple. So let me jump through here. Throughout every conversation I have with any member of the team throughout the day, privacy is brought up, emphasized. This is obviously by design, as Apple wants to, to impress upon me as a journalist that it's taking this very seriously indeed. But it doesn't change the fact that it's evidently built in from the ground up, and I could not find a false note in any of the technical claims or the conversations I had. Indeed, from the data security folks to the people whose job it is to actually make the maps work well, the constant refrain is that Apple does not feel that it is being held back in any way by not hoovering every piece of customer-rich data it can, storing and parsing it. The consistent message is that the team feels it can deliver a high-quality navigation, location, and mapping product without the directly personal data used by other platforms. We, don't, we, don't, we specifically don't collect data, even from point A to point B, notes Q. We collect data when we do it, in an anonymous fashion in subsections of the whole, so we couldn't even say that there is a person that went from point A to point B. We're collecting the segments of it. As you can imagine, that's always been a key part of doing this. Honestly, we don't think it buys us anything to collect more. We're not losing any features or capabilities by doing this. The segments that he is referring to are sliced out of any given person's navigation session. Neither the beginning or the end of any trip is ever transmitted to Apple. Rotating identifiers, not personal information, are assigned to any data a request sent to Apple, and it augments the ground truth data provided by its own mapping vehicles with this probe data sent back from iPhones. Because only random segments of any person's drive is ever sent and that data is completely anonymized, there is never a way to tell if any trip was ever a single individual. The local system signs the IDs and, it on, and, it only, know, and only it knows to whom that ID refers. Apple is working very hard to have to not know anything about its users. This kind of privacy can't be added on at the end. It has to be woven in at the ground level. Because Apple's business model does not rely on it serving you, say, an ad for a Chevron on your route, it doesn't need to even tie advertising identifiers to users. Any personalization or serial requests are all handled on board by the iOS device's processor. So if you get a drive notification that tells you it's time to leave for your commute, that's learned, remembered, and delivered locally, not from Apple's servers. That's not new, but it's important to note, given the new thing to take away here, Apple is flipping on the power of having millions of iPhones passively and actively improving their mapping data in real time. 
In short, traffic, real-time road conditions, road systems, new construction changes, uh, and changes in pedestrian walkways are about to get a lot better in Apple Maps. The secret sauce here is what Apple calls probe data, essentially little slices of vector data that represent direction and speed transmitted back to Apple completely anonymized with no way to tie it to a specific user or even any given trip. Um, so I think you get the, the, the gist there. I don't want to, to, to add too much into that, but um, you know that's one thing that I personally find reassuring is privacy is very important to me. Not only um, you know when a company collects your data, what does it use with it, but what does it do with it? What partners does it share that data with? Uh, what governments try to collect data, whether the company wants them to or not? So the fact that um, when Apple does collect data, it's doing it in an anonymized way. And it's not even taking the whole trip from point A to point B. So somebody couldn't even parse through and figure out who it was that was making the trip. It's just pulling little segments back that's anonymized. And so uh, Apple never knows, you know, what you're doing specifically tied to you. Um, but that's pretty cool. I mean, we're looking at this, this, uh, this new grid of data that it can build because it's got its own cars running around with these highly advanced sensors on it, collecting all this data, and then it's taking it back to its headquarters and parsing this all out and analyzing it and everything. But it's combining that with all of this anonymous data from real iPhones out in the wild. And, and as it's generating that, it's able to, to, to use all that to make the mapping system better. But at the same time, uh, it's completely respecting your privacy. And that is, is a huge deal to me. Um, bottom line, the new version of Apple Maps will be in preview next week with just the Bay Area of California going live. It will be stitched seamlessly into the current version of Maps, but the difference in quality level should be immediately visible based on what I've seen so far. Better road networks, more pedestrian information, sports areas like baseball diamonds and basketball courts, more land cover, including grass and trees represented on that map, as well as buildings, building shapes and sizes that are more accurate. A map that feels more like the real world you're actually traveling through. Search is also being revamped to make sure that you get more relevant results on the correct uh, continents than ever before. Navigation, especially pedestrian guidance, also gets a big boost. Parking areas and building details to get you the last few feet to your destination are included as well. What you won't see for now is a full visual redesign. You're not going to see huge design changes on the map, says Q. We don't want to combine those two things at the same time because it would cause a lot of confusion. Apple Maps is getting the long-awaited attention it really deserves. By taking ownership of the project fully, Apple has committed itself to actually creating the map that users expected for, of it from the beginning. It's been a lingering shadow on iPhones, especially where alternatives like Google Maps have offered more robust feature sets that are so easy to compare against the native app, but impossible to access at the deep system level. The argument has been made ad nauseum, but it's worth saying again that if Apple thinks that mapping is important enough to own, it should own it, and that's what it's trying to do now. We don't think there's anybody doing this level of work that we're doing, adds Q. We haven't announced this. We haven't told anybody about this. It's one of those things that we've been able to keep pretty much a secret. Nobody really knows about it. We're excited to get it out there. Over the next year, we'll be rolling it out section by section in the U.S. So pretty cool. Um, obviously, we don't have any concrete timetables on when Apple's going to roll this out to everybody. He says over the next year, but it doesn't really say whether that's going to cover everybody. But I can't wait for this. Again, I'm already a big champion of Apple Maps. Um, if you haven't used it in a long time, I encourage you to check it out tomorrow during your commute to work. Um, try it out. But it's certainly encouraging that Apple's putting a lot of time and attention to this. And um, pretty bold statement by Eddie Q there at the beginning of that last paragraph. He says, we don't think there's anybody doing this level of work that we're doing. So that's a shot across the bow at Google. Um, but hey, 
Apple and Google uh, going head to head, competing hard, trying to deliver a product that one ups the other is nothing but a win for customers. So whichever map you use, even if you're an Android user who has no access to Apple Maps because it's only an iOS thing, you know, you're likely to benefit from this as Apple and Google push each other going forward. Well, that's it for this week on Quick Take. Hey, if you haven't already, um, go to the iTunes store um, or the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone and subscribe to Quick Take. And if you could give me a five-star rating, that just really helps the podcast rise up through the algorithms and get more people uh, listening. And uh, if you have a question, you can interact with me on Twitter at J.W. Sherrod, S-H-E-R-R-O-D. I'm John Sherrod, and I'll see you next time.